Welcome to a new storytelling program produced in collaboration with the Sika Tribe of Alaska, Art Change, and KCAW. Chuck Miller will host our grandparents' teachings. This storytelling program will help keep Clinket stories alive through community education. Join us the first Tuesday of every month from 7 to 8 p.m. as we celebrate the rich cultural heritage of this land. This song was composed to honor all of our ancestors, the Tlingit ancestors, the people that were the knowledge bearers, the teachers, through the Sikha Native Education Program, and everybody prior to that, to honor them. And I asked my auntie, my late auntie, Vida Davis, Kauduk Etla, who was an instructor at Sikha Native Education Program, to help me with the words to the song. The first part of the words are, Hatunach Yakandagan, we are walking in our ancestors' footsteps. The way of our people, the way of our ancestors. And this is a song that would be used as an entrance song or an exit song. Welcome everyone to Hashlil Kohas Ha'it Tuat, our grandparents' teachings, hosted by myself, Chuck Miller. We are going to be talking about the month of June. In our Tlingit language, we refer to it as Atkatachet Disi. This is the month when everything is born. We will start off our show by the late words of our elder Gushtehin, Mark Jacobs Jr., of the word Tlingit and the origins of that. Enjoy. When the Europeans first came among us, when they wanted to know who we were, the natural thing to say was Shengit. It means human. But to break the word down, it refers to the activity of the people. Shen means low tide. So it means low tide activity people. So when the tide is out for the clicket people, the table is set.
This story is a what they refer to in our language as Yech Klagu, which is Raven Legends. These stories do not belong to any particular clan. They do not have ownership. They were told amongst all of the clans of Southeast Alaska. They are origin stories, mostly about the raven, Yech, the trickster. This story that I'm going to share with you today is a story about Raven and how he is hungry for some king salmon. This is called Raven, King Salmon, and the Little Birds. This is how all of our Raven legends begin. Raven walking along the beach. As he's walking along the beach, he's hungry. He's very hungry. His stomach is growling. Oh, what's he going to eat today? He's looking for anything that could help him. And out in the distance, he sees in the bay something jumping around. Oh, it's uh, King Salmon. He's jumping out in the bay. Ahow, ahow, ahow. Oh, he stared and stared at it hungrily. Oh, he could just taste that King Salmon. How's he going to get it ashore? He's thinking of a plan. Hmm, what am I going to do to get that king salmon? So he looked around on the beach for anything that might help him. As he looked on the beach, he found a green stone. He turned it to the left and turned it to the right and looked at it. And finally, he had an idea. I'll put this up on a stump. So he put it on top of a stump. He pretended to listen to it like it could talk to him. And he listened and he listened. And then he lifted his head up and he starts yelling towards uh, King Salmon. Hey, King Salmon, King Salmon, listen to what this green stone is saying about you. He's not saying very nice things about you. You should come ashore and, and listen to what he's saying. King Salmon was just jumping out in the bay. Ahow, ahow, ahow. Raven yelled at him again. Hey, King Salmon, King Salmon, listen to what this green stone is saying about you. He says, your scales are really dirty. And you're not a very nice person. You should come ashore. Finally, after a while, uh, King Salmon decided to jump ashore. As he jumped on shore to listen to that green stone, he was flopping around on there. Raven forgot he should have had a club to hit the nose of that King Salmon with. He made up an excuse really quick. Oh, oh my partner, oh, 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 wait here for a minute. Oh, oh, I, I've got to go up into the woods and go potty. Oh, oh, I'll be right back, be right back. He pretended he was going to go into the woods to use the bathroom. And when he came back, he had a club behind his back. And when he got back to where that stump in the greenstone was, guess where King Salmon was? Ahow, 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 out in the bay, he was jumping again. Oh no, my plan didn't work. Poor raven. Now he had to think of another thing to get him ashore. So he pretended to listen to that green stone again. 
Oh, oh, you shouldn't say that. Oh, oh, that's, that's not nice. Oh, he yelled at King Salmon again. Ah, King Salmon, King Salmon, listen to what this greenstone is saying about you. He says that your gills are dirty. You do not have a backbone. <laughs> and your mother wears combat boots. At that, finally, King Salmon jumped ashore again, and Raven hit him with the club on his head over and over again until he was done. Oh, he was so happy. Oh, he could just taste that King Salmon. But first he had to cook it. He needed to make a trinket oven, so he decided he needed to move the King Salmon at the head of the beach to the top of the beach, and he was going to have to dig a big hole so he could cook that King Salmon. But first he had to move it. He tried pushing it. Ah, ah, ah. He tried pulling it. Ah, ah, ah. He couldn't budge it. He was just sweating. He couldn't move that big King Salmon. What am I going to do? He didn't know what he was going to do to cook that king salmon. But off in the distance, he heard something. It sounded like his, his little gang of birds. He could hear them. <whistles> oh, oh, it's my grandchildren. That's what he called them, his grandchildren. He yelled at them. Hey, grandchildren, grandchildren. They were up in the trees. Come down here, come down here. Help me. Look what I got here. Look what I got here. All his little gang came down and flew down by him as they landed. These are the ones I was talking about. Robin, Chickadee, Magpie, and Blue Jay. That was his gang, his grandchildren. He says to them, Oh, look at this, grandchildren. If you help me with these, this king salmon, I'll share him with you. All the little birds were very happy. Oh, oh, boy, raven. Oh, you're a nice guy. Oh, oh, that guy, that raven. Oh, he's a nice guy, that raven. But he was merely trying to trick them. So he started barking orders. All right, you guys, first thing we got to do is move this king salmon all the way to the top of the beach so we can cook him. So they all grabbed a piece of that king salmon, and they all lifted him up, and they carried him all the way up to the top of the beach. Then he says, next, we're going to have to dig a big hole to put the king salmon into and line the bottom of the hole with seaweed and kelp. So they dig a big hole for raven. They get it all ready with the kelp and the seaweed. Then he says, now... We need some skunk cabbage leaves to cover up the king salmon so we can bake him. Now, I want you to go behind the village and get the skunk cabbage leaves and bring them back. Okay, Raven. Oh, oh boy, we're so excited. Oh, that Raven, he's a nice guy. We like that guy. So they go behind the village. They grab some skunk cabbage leaves and they come back. And Raven's already trying to figure out a way of tricking them. Now he says... Let me see. Line up. And they all lined up in front of him, and they held up their large skunk cabbage leaves in front of him. And he looked at them real carefully. He was pretending he saw stuff on there. And he's looking, and he's looking. He says, Hey, where did you get these skunk cabbage leaves from? Oh, from behind the village. That's where you told us to go, Raven. Where? Oh, from behind the village. Oh, well... Oh, my goodness. Oh, look at these 
Skunk cabbage leaves, they're not fit for anyone. Oh, they're dirty. Oh, my goodness. Oh, when my wife was alive, she used to go potty over there. Oh, they're contaminated. Oh, my goodness. I cannot believe you picked those skunk cabbage leaves from there. Oh, no. Oh, Raven, we didn't know. Oh, we're so sorry, Raven. He's like, throw them down. Throw them on the ground. They're not fit to put the king salmon on. Oh, he was so mad at them, but he was pretending to be mad. They dropped all of their skunk cabbage leaves, and he says, Now, I want you to go over two mountains and get the skunk cabbage leaves only from there. They said, Oh, oh we should get going. Uh, uh, Sam is only fresh for a little while. Uh, uh, I, we didn't know his wife used to go potty over there. Uh, we should have asked. Uh, they started flying as fast as they could to go get those skunk cabbage leaves. Raven put his craft to work. <laughs> he tricked those little birds, and he covered up that king salmon with all those skunk cabbage leaves. There was nothing wrong with those skunk cabbage leaves. Then he put the rest of the beach on top of that and built a big fire to create an oven for that king salmon. He cooked it, and he cooked it, and he was waiting patiently on that stump, hoping that those little birds wouldn't come home too soon so that he wouldn't have to share with them. As they flew back, he was waiting, and he could almost smell that it was ready. So he moved the fire aside, he moved all of the sand, and he jumped down in that pit and uncovered that king salmon and all that skunk cabbage leaves. And he ate. And he ate. And he ate. Until it was almost all gone. Oh, he, when he finally took a breath, he looked around. The only thing left was the tail. He said, oh, I ate the whole king salmon before the little birds could have any, like he really wanted to share anyways. So he had to put his craft to work again. He grabbed that tail and he looked around for anything that might help him. The only thing he saw was that stump. So he put his craft to work and he pushed that stump and he put that tail underneath it to make it look like that stump had fallen on that king salmon. And when the birds came back, he was sitting on that stump crying. Poor Raven, he was just crying hard. The little birds flew down by him. They're like, some of them were looked at it and they saw Raven crying and they said, What's wrong, Raven? What happened? Oh, we're so unlucky, you guys. Look at what this tree stump did. When I pulled the king salmon out, the tree stump fell on it. It ruined the whole king salmon. Oh, we can't eat it. There's there's nothing left of it. Oh, it's all gone. Woohoo Poor Raven. The little birds, some of them were very upset. Some of them are crying. Some of them are very angry. Robin was so cold from the long flight across those two mountains when she came back. She was just shivering and shivering. Oh, she couldn't keep herself warm, and Raven saw that. And he brought her next to the fire, and he says, Oh, Robin, it's okay. You'll be all right. And he accidentally put her too close to the fire, and then her belly feathers caught on fire, and she tried putting it out. Ah, 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 I'm burning, I'm burning, I'm burning. Chickadee was crying, so upset from Raven. He tried hugging her. She didn't want nothing to do with that Raven. She pushed him away. And she was crying so hard, he was trying to warm her up too, and he was fanning his feathers against the fire, and all that soot kicked up, and she was rubbing all that soot in her eyes, around her eyes, and rubbing on the top of her head. 
Magpie was so upset, he decided he was just going to fly away. And Raven saw that. And as he was taken off, Raven grabbed him and ran his talon right down the backside of his tail. That's how come Magpie has a forked tail. Blue Jay was so angry at Raven. When Raven went to give him a hug, Blue Jay went off. Yuckety, 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 yuck. Yuckety, 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 yuck. What's the matter with you, Raven? How can I put that king salmon next to the stump? What's the matter with you? You weren't going to share with us anyways. Yuckety, 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 yuckety. Raven grabbed him into a headlock and grabbed his top feathers and he tied it into a knot so it sticks straight up. That's how come the Blue Jay has a top knot on his head like a comb. That's how Robin burnt her belly getting too close to the fire. That's how come she has a red belly. Chickadee has the black rings around her eyes and on top of her head from all the soot she rubbed in. Magpie still has that forked tail Raven gave him. And Blue Jay is still angry at Raven for eating all that food. That's why you hear a Blue Jay now. They go, yuck, 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 What happened to Raven after all of that? Well, after he smooth-talked his grandchildren, he said, hmm. I think I'll go visit my brother-in-law, the brown bear. And he flew away. Yeah, yeah, that is the end of our story. These songs were composed in collaboration with the 2018 celebration that's held every two years biannually in Juneau, Alaska. And these songs were composed for a canoe journey that was held, uh, sponsored by Search, from Sitka, Stargavin Ramp, all the way to Juneau, Douglas Harbor. And these songs were used to create cadence with all of the canoe pullers.
You have just got done listening to some canoe songs that were composed by yours truly for Celebration 2018. That's held every two years in Juneau. These songs were sung as, uh, used as cadence towards paddling towards Juneau from Stargavin to Douglas Island for Celebration 2018. Next, you'll be listening to a, an audio clip from the Sikha Native Education Program of Charlie Joseph Sr., Kath Atk. He was a Kaguantan from the Box House. He was of the Wolf Tribe, one of our most revered elders here in this Tlingit community of Sitka. He, along with other elders, felt the need to preserve our culture, felt it so much that he had them record the things that he had learned throughout his lifetime when he died in 1985. So these are recordings from Sick and Native Education Program that were done in part with the late Isabella Brady also. He's going to be talking about our Tlingit way of life and how he grew up here in this community and why he felt the need to preserve our culture here. So I hope you enjoy. Gunachish. <laughs> The way it is now, today, there you go. Now, you folks, even here, you know, I teach new folks. Yi at Hasatu, Ha Kunigu, Ha Sisko has other Kunugu, yeah. All different ways. The ones I remember, but I speak the word to you folks that what I know and what I was in it when I growing up, I'm going to tell you, and I'm going to show it to you. What I don't see and what I just know much, I'm not going to tell you folks. That's what that I teach in before you folks, cross mountain dances. I'm the one give this name to them. Now, as the talk the greatest has yet left, has now, Charlie Dick Kenechish Achim Sitte, Hadu Dichi Yeshik Kelkach Ausko, Hadkos Guyana Hotiko Yeatunak Wigal. She had the Hina Hadkos Yahidiach Yata. I told them, 
I'm not going to leave forever. There's our Hawker. Take the heckle question. Charlie Dick, take the heckle question. Yay, that Gawai Jiwa. It leads to us, Adekunuguya, Kaades Ayakaya, Yisakuwo. You got a chance to learn what your grandpa, old grandpa used to do and from what he used to say. You got a chance. So your folks have to listen. That's the way I used to tell them. For so many times, I remember my word that I gave to them. And 21 this month, we're going to bless the hotel over here. And they can't do nothing about it. They want me back. But they just cut me off like that. Whenever they're going to have a practice, they have the old practice themselves. They're teaching each other. But they use the word that amongst the white people, I'm the one that's teaching them. But it's not the way I teach them to them. Now, on this 21 of this month, it's come back to my word. That's the advice I want to give it to you girls who are sitting here. So, now, you shouldn't got a little chance to remember whatever your grandpas used to use and whatever your grandpa used it for medicine and whatever your grandpa used it, whatever he used it. They're all telling you folks. You got a chance to learn that. Little bit. Just trying to get a part of it so you can have it in your head. Now, I told them, you're not going to go in Charlie Dick's grave, either one of you. Charlie Dick, this white people want to do what our grandpas used to do. Get up and help us. Did you gonna tell him? Or either on my grave, Charlie Joseph, get up and help us. Let us do this for this white people. Is that what it comes to this on 21 of this month? They got no, no place to grab. Places the See? 
They're trying to put me back in there. But they already fired me quite a while ago. It's all right. That's the way it goes. The reason why, yeah, you got now what they tell you folks right now, you got the chance to catch on. Of course, after we got away from the earth, when we die, you haven't got no chance. No more. There's a lot of old men like we are. But we listen a little bit to our grandparents and our uncles and our moms. That's what we use a friend of you for right now. This song that I'll be singing is a song that was composed for Charlie Joseph Sr.'s daughter, Das Dia, Ethel Mackinnon of the Tluknachedi, the Raven Koo clan. I composed this song for her many, many years in dedication at the Sikha Native Education Program, where I was a recipient and a student there for many years and became a teacher in turn. This is an appreciation song for all the hard work that she has done and through her father's teachings and to appreciate what she has done for all of us here in the Sitka area and in Southeast. The first verse that you're going to hear, she actually helped me transcribe these words not knowing that this song was actually for her. I had asked her, I said, please, if you could help me translate these words, your father's teachings are heard through your words. She responded, And the second verse is, mostly about her, I asked her to translate, your love for all of us has strengthened us all. She said, And I added to the end to appreciate her relationship with not only her own clan, the Tluknachedi, but also her in-laws, the Kiksadi, who she was related to. So the words are, Iish duyuk atangitu wa'achch. Your father's teachings are heard through your words, referring to her father, Charlie Joseph Sr. The second verse, Hlatsin hajit awati ikusakhani. Your love for all of us has strengthened us all, children of the frog and the Koho clan, which would be reference to the opposite moiety of the eagle wolf moieties. Here is the song. This was actually sung at celebration as a surprise to her, not knowing that she helped compose her own song. And it was done in front of thousands of people and through the airwaves and through TV. So it was quite the surprise. Ha, hey, 
This is another Yech Tlagu story, or a raven legend, that was shared by Charlie Joseph Sr., one of the main mentors in the early Sikh Native Education Program days. This is a story about how raven makes his brother. Raven, walking along the beach. As he's walking along the beach, He's lonely. There's no one for him to talk to. There's nobody around for him. And he has this idea that he wants to make his brother. 
So he's going to try to find something that will help him. As he's walking along the beach, the only thing that he keeps coming across is Naha Shaddi, driftwood. All kinds of driftwood washed ashore. So he decides he's going to make his brother from Naha Shaddi, but which one is he going to use? The first Naha Shaddi that he comes across is Sheyi, Sitka spruce tree. He talks to it like a human being, and he says, Sheyi Gidan, stand up, walk with me, and be my brother. So Sheyi stands up like a human being with arms and legs, and he starts walking with Raven. As he's walking with Raven, Raven turns around to look, and Sheyi has a limp. He's limping and walking just like Raven. Although Grandpa Charlie doesn't say it in the story, I believe that Raven was probably not too pleased with something else that walks like him because Raven's the coolest bird in the whole world. He thinks of himself very highly. So he tells Sheyi, lay down, become Naha Shaddi again, become Driftwood again. So Sheyi lays down. The next one he comes across is Yun, the hemlock tree. And hemlock tree, he says, Yun, Gidan, stand up, walk with me and be my brother. Yun stands up just like Shei did and walks with Raven. After a while, Raven turns around and Yun is also walking like Raven. And he also told him to lay down and become driftwood again. So he does. The next one he comes across is Chai, yellow cedar. Chai stands up and walks with him just like the other two and walks with him. And Raven turns around and again, Chai is also walking like Raven. So he tells him to lay down and becomes driftwood again. The last one that he comes across is Sheikh, alder, the alder tree. And he talks to it again. Sheikh Gidan, stand up, walk with me and be my brother. So Sheikh stands up and starts walking with Raven. Raven probably didn't look around very quickly this time, and he walked for a ways. And as he turned around to notice how he was walking, he noticed Sheikh did not walk with a limp. That made Raven very pleased. And that is how Raven made his brother. The moral of the story is, the way Grandpa Charlie would tell this, is if we were made from the coniferous trees like the yellow cedar, the hemlock, or the Sitka spruce, we could live to two, three hundred years maybe. But because we're made out of the alder tree, we don't last that long. And just like the tree, we go back into the earth. That is where I'm going to end this story today. Gunnar Chish, thank you for listening. This song was composed in memory of two of my clan brothers, uh, the late Phil Nielsen and the late Doug James, to celebrate their life at a memorial. Kuik is what our Tlingit people would call it, a uh, memorial payoff potlatch party. Uh, this was meant for celebratory of their lives and to have fun. And this is called 
the Koho Jumping Song. jumps. This is a story about how Raven broke daylight, as told by Qas Atka, Charlie Joseph Sr., through the Sikha Native Education Program. Nichwe on the good way, yes, you were wekadunik. Raven, walking along the beach. In the beginning, as yes, Raven, was walking the earth, there was no daylight. The earth was in complete darkness, but yes, was still walking the earth. He was working on what would be our life. He came upon the night people, Yachtatukohani, at Dry Bay, Ash Sech. They were dip fishing for hooligan. As they dip fished, he could hear their voices in the darkness. Ee hoo, He could hear them here and there. As Yesh came down, he called to the night people. Come and get me! Come and get me! No one would pay attention to him. Because they would not pay attention to him, he said to himself, I will tell them that I'll break daylight on them. He said to them, Come and get me, or I'll break daylight upon all of you. Then he heard him and said back to him, what a baby from Nas River to have daylight. From that, Yeth knew where daylight was stored. He started to fly to the Nas River. It did not take him long to get there. He found the house he thought had daylight. He looked through a hole on the side of the house, and he saw a young girl, her father, who was a big man, Tlingitlain, of the Nas, and all of their slaves. Yeth wondered how he would get daylight. He decided to put the thought of thirst into the young girl's head. 
Ish, father, I'm thirsty. My poor daughter. He told his slaves to take the spruce root basket and get her water. He was sitting above the doorway and turned himself into a piece of dirt, that raven I'm talking about, and he fell into the drinking water. When the water was brought in, the big man of the Nas said, Bring the light and look into the basket. Is there anything there? They found that piece of dirt floating around in the basket. The father said, Eh, throw the water out. So they threw Yeth out with the water. The father told the slaves to take the bentwood box out and bring more water in. Again, Yeth was sitting above the doorway and watched as the slaves brought the water in. This time he turned himself into a little pine needle, Gitka. He fell into the water and hid himself into the very corner of the bentwood box. When the slaves were asked to bring the light and look into the water, they did not see anything. The slaves were asked to lift the bentwood box, and the daughter drank the water. After she had taken a couple of swallows, Yeth floated into her mouth, and she swallowed him. She told her father she swallowed a piece of dirt. My daughter, Achsik, her father said, not knowing what to do. She coughed and coughed, trying to bring the pine needle back up. All that would come up was water. After a month, she began to get big in the stomach. The pine needle began growing in her. When her time came to have the baby, they built a small place for her outside of the big house. There were three women with the young girl. They dug a hole where the baby would be born and lined it with all kinds of skins. She was placed over the hole to have the baby. She was having a hard time, so her father sent for the wise old woman, Hiuat Uwajigishanak, of his village. When she came, she asked what they lined the freshly dug hole with. They named the skins that were laid in the hole. Nakaze, fox, nusk, wolverine. Bach, rabbit, and Kuch, marten. She told them to take the skins out and line the hole with Sikka, moss. Again, the young girl was placed over the hole and her baby was born, which was Yeh Yedi, baby raven. The wise old woman asked to have the baby brought to her so she could look him over. She said, Eh, eh, eh. My grandchild has eyes just like Raven, not knowing it was Raven. Yeth grew very quickly, and it was not long before he could sit, and then soon he was crawling around. He was in a hurry to get daylight. Daylight, moon, and stars were tied to the far corner of the house in a bent wood box. Yeth would cry and cry for the boxes. He cried so hard that his grandfather said, Untie one of the boxes for him. His crying might kill him. When he was given one of the boxes, he was so happy. He rolled it all over the floor, and while no one was looking, he rolled it out the door. Then he lifted the lid and released the stars to go up into the sky. Not long after, Yeth again started his crying, and he cried so hard that his grandfather said, 
untie one of the boxes for him. His crying might kill him. This time, the boxes that were given to him was the moon dis. Again, he happily rolled the box around the floor, and while everyone was busy with other things, he rolled the box out the door. Then he lifted the lid and let dis, the moon, go up into the sky to hang there. Yeth was slowly releasing these things that the headman of the Nas had been hiding. The last barrel was Kheah, daylight or the sun. He knew this because he had already released the stars and the moon. Now, when he cried for the last barrel, he called it by name. Kheah, Kheah, daylight, daylight. He cried very hard, holding his breath each time. Finally, his grandfather said, Untie the barrel for him. His crying might kill him. So the barrel containing daylight was untied for him. Talk about happiness. At last, Yeth had daylight. As he rolled it around the floor, he thought to himself, I will fly with daylight through the smoke hole. He then changed back into his bird-like self and flew up to the smoke hole. As he started flying, you could hear him. The head man of the Nas said, Eh, eh, that darn Yeth has stolen my things that I have kept hidden. Eh, eh, Yeth has taken all of my hidden things. He flew to where he had seen the night people, Yachtatokohani, dip-fishing for hooligans. As he looked for them, he could hear them. He called them. Come and get me, come and get me. They would not pay attention to him. Yet called again. Come and get me or I'll break daylight upon all of you. The night people said, What a baby from the Nas to have daylight. Then he lifted the lid a little and the sun shined out of the barrel, and the night people said, Go and get him! Just as they said that, he lifted the lid of the barrel and released daylight. As daylight shined on the night people, the ones that wore fish skins, seal skins, and whale skins went into the water. The ones that wore deer skins, bear skins, and other skins went into the woods. This is how the night people became sea and land animals after Raven broke daylight. Yeaya, that is the end of our story. Gunachish.
Thanks for joining us to learn from our grandparents' teachings. Stay tuned next month as we share more stories, songs, and traditional ways of living. If you have a story you'd like to share, please reach out at storytelling at kcaw.org. We'd love to hear from you. Technical support for this program was made possible in part with funding by the Rasmussen Foundation, administered by the Alaska State Council of the Arts and Art Change, Inc.